evening, good evening, good evening to you, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening to you, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening to you, you, you. Good evening and welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host tonight, Shantae Charles. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day. Tonight is our Relationship Wednesday and boy, do I have a lot to discuss. (laughs) Um, So we're taking a break from our regular reading because tomorrow is going to be um, a day to give thanks. Um, So we will not be broadcasting on Thursday. We will not be broadcasting on Friday. I am celebrating a birthday on Saturday and we will not be broadcasting on Sunday. So the next time that Lord willing you all see me or hear from me, we'll be back again on our Monday motivation. So tonight again, we are talking about relationships and um Black America, as we know, has a very interesting relationship, right, with this particular holiday. Some people choose not to celebrate it. Some people choose not to acknowledge it at all. If you're black and indigenous like myself, um, there are some elements that you will honor, you know, due to with your family and ancestry. And then there are some elements where you focus on Um, tomorrow being a day of mourning to be a time where you remember what happened to those who were indigenous in this country. And you're ever mindful that, you know, we are down to one, two percent of the population because of all the genocidal acts that have taken place. So for us, it's not all just about sweet potato pie and macaroni and cheese, (laughs) So I want to recommend some books to you as uh, we move forward tonight. I want to recommend um, Black Indian, Black Indians, A Hidden Heritage by William Lauren Katz. Now, he passed away recently, I think, either last year or the year before that. Um, But he has several different books. This is just one of them. But I recommend um, for those of you who want to understand the connection between um, black Americans and indigenous Americans, um, those who were enslaved by some of the tribes and things of that nature, those who escaped into the tribes and went to live among them and married um, and became, you know, they of course, they have children that are black and indigenous. Pick up Black Indians by William Lauren Katz. The other book I want to um, share with you tonight and good evening to those of you coming in is Africans and Native Americans, the language of race and the evolution of the red black peoples. So this is a a little bit more on the history side. It talks about the evolution of racial terminology, how the colonialists perceived color, how they developed um, classification systems based on your color. And so this is talking about that. So again, another recommended read, Africans and Native Americans, 
The Language of Race and the Evolution of Red Black Peoples by Jack D. Forbes. And those of you who are interested in more narratives about um, black people who are not immigrants, who are the descendants of the enslaved, and you want to read more about the um, formerly enslaved and their voice and their narrative, we have spent some time reading some of these before, but I just want to put them out here again so you know um, how to look for them. So there are... Slave Narratives from the Federal Writers Project. I happen to have the book specifically from Maryland um, because I currently live here. And so I wanted to know what specific um, data did they gather from the formerly enslaved in this state. But there are other books. You just have to look for them and they look similar to this. And it'll say Slave Narratives in the state. So I happen to have Maryland. And then last year, they came out with the almost a full book of all of their stories called River of Blood. And so this is combined um, the formerly enslaved narratives in their own words, but not only their narratives, but it's got full photographic documentation of those who told their story before they left this earthly plane. So if you're looking for a great gift to give to your family, um, that's going to, you know, kind of open the door to start talking about what the enslaved dealt with, something that can become a family heirloom, um, something that your younger people can begin to read over and understand and get a fuller picture of, um, our ancestors voice and their story that's not told from someone else's perspective or through someone else's lens this is in their own words i highly recommend that you get it it did take me um about a week to read through it but i'm a pretty fast reader but the stories were very intense their experiences were very intense so it did take me a moment to like stop and pause and reflect on what I was reading and not just try to like rush through it like it's a you know a novel but um very powerful so river of blood is the title and that's what you want to look for and it says American slavery from the people who lived it that's the key from the people who lived it all right lastly um, I was looking through some of my books and I came across, I have no idea where I picked this up, but I'm sure it was probably at someone's thrift shop. But I thought it was ironic because <laughs> these days um, people don't really talk about much about what the Indians knew. And this happens to actually be a children's book, um, pictures by Ezra Jack Keats. And this was a scholastic book. I doubt they would probably put something out like this today. Um, but this was printed, first published back in 1957. And this is an 11th printing. So this is 1974. We would definitely consider this uh, a vintage reading. But this is the cover. So I'm going to read it to you. In honor of the indigenous. It says, 
The Indians who lived in our country long, long ago knew how to do many things that we do today. Let's let's pause there. <laughs> First of all, we're still living in this country. And I, and I think it's interesting that this writer, this was back in 1957, would have the first sentence be the Indians who lived in our country, not their country. And then they had the nerve to say long, long ago, as if they are no longer existent. And then they say knew how to do many things that we do today. So let's let's continue. <laughs> they knew how to send messages from hill to hill, how to make plants grow better, how to keep food from spoiling, how to start a fire without matches, how to drill holes, how to make paints and dyes, how to use the moon as a calendar. The Indians had many good ideas. They knew how to do many things that helped them in their day-to-day -day living. This book shows you how to try out some of these ideas. The Indians knew that wood can be bent to make things go flying through the air. They bent wood into bows. They used the bows to make arrows go flying through the air. Today, divers use a wooden diving board. The weight of the diver bends the board. When he jumps, the board straightens. This pushes the diver up and makes him go flying through the air. You can prove that wood can be bent to make things move fast. The Indians knew that smoke and warm air go up. The Indians liked to have a fire in the teepee. They would sit around the fire and they would listen to their wise man tell stories. But they did not want the teepee full of smoke. So they left an opening at the top of the teepee. The smoke would go up and out through the hole. The Indians knew how to send smoke messages to their friends. They built a campfire. The smoke from the campfire went high up into the air. They covered and uncovered the fire quickly with a blanket. This made puffs of smoke. When their friends saw the smoke puffs, they understood the message. Today, we build tall chimneys in fireplaces. The chimneys let the smoke go up and out. When a room is too warm, we open windows at the top. The warm air goes up and out. The best way to make a room cool is to open windows at the top. The Indians knew how to make hollow boats to carry things on the water. Some Indians knew how to shape buffalo hides into boats. Some Indians shaped the bark of trees into canoes. These boats were light and hollow. They could float on the water. Today, we make small rowboats in large ships. We shape them so they can travel on the water. Large ships have many hollow spaces inside to keep them afloat. The Indians knew how to make an arrow fly straight through the air. They put feathers on the end of the arrow. This made the arrow fly in a straight line. We build tail fins on airplanes to help the planes fly in a straight line. The Indians knew that it is easier to pull things than to carry them. They took two long, strong branches and made a drag. This was also called a trevois. Some Indians moved often to, from place to place. These Indians used the trevois to drag the things they took with them when they moved. Today, we can use a cart to bring home food from the grocery store. The cart is a drag too, but it has wheels.
The Indians knew how to keep some foods from spoiling by drying them. They dried meat and fish by hanging them in the sunshine. They also dried these foods over their fires. Then the meat and fish could keep for a long time without spoiling. Today, we dry fruits and vegetables so that they do not spoil. We dry grapes in the sun to get raisins. We dry plums to get prunes. The Indians knew how to make paints and dyes. They squeezed berries and vegetables and used the colored juices. They used berry juice and vegetable juice to paint their faces and bodies when they were getting ready for a dance. They also used the juices to paint animal skins. Today, we use vegetable coloring to paint toys. The Indians knew that sound goes through the ground. When they wanted to hear sounds from afar off, they put their ears to the ground and listened. Today, we knock on the door before we go into a room. The sound goes through the solid door, then it goes through the air to the ears of the people inside the room. The Indians knew that rubbing makes things hot. Sometimes rubbing can start a fire. The Indians did not know about matches. They rubbed two pieces of dry wood together. They rubbed the wood until they got some fine wood dust. Then they rubbed until the wood dust became so hot it began to burn. With this burning wood dust, the Indians started their fire. Today, Boy Scouts sometimes start a campfire the same way that the Indians did. The Indians knew how to make plants grow better. Some Indians used fish to feed the plants. When they planted corn or beans or pumpkins, they put fish in the ground. The fish made the plants grow better. Today, farmers put special plant foods in the ground these are sometimes called fertilizers, and some fertilizers are made from fish. They make the plants grow better. The Indians knew that rubbing makes things wear away. They rubbed pointed stones against shells. They did this to make holes through the shells. Then they used the shells to make strings of beads. Today, the dentist uses a drill to rub away the decayed parts of your teeth. We drill rocks in the earth to get oil and to get well water. The drilling wears a hole through the rocks. Then if there is oil or water, we can bring it up through the hole. The Indians knew that many things float in water. They knew that logs can float for many miles. They cut down trees. Then they tied some tree trunks together to make a raft. They went floating down the river on these rafts. Today, lumbermen cut down trees. They put the logs into the river and the logs float down the river to a mill where they are cut up into boards. The Indians knew how to use the moon as a calendar. They knew that there is a full moon about every 29 days. Today, the number of days in the month on our calendar is almost the same as the number of days in the moon month of the Indians. Now you know some things that the Indians knew. The Indians knew how to use what they found around them. They knew how to do many things that they still do today that we, and when I say we, I mean in general this country, took their ideas and utilized them. So 
that is what I wanted to share. I hope you enjoyed that, um, learning some things maybe that you knew about the Indians or where we got it from, or maybe you didn't. The last thing I want to talk about since we are heading into pretty much a, a weekend of holidays and feasts and festivals and being with your family. I know some people are choosing not to travel this year. Um, I'm still not traveling um, this year. I will be home. And so um, this is for people who are traveling, who are, you know, going to be back in you know, fellowship with your families this year. I know some people definitely sat out last year, but they're ready to go back into the fray um, during this continued pandemic. Um, let's start with children. <laughs> so at these at these holiday gatherings, you're probably going to see some young children, your nieces and nephews, um, new babies, all of that good stuff. But this is really geared toward um, your younger children. I want to read some of these posts from uh, Nidra Tawab. She is a um, therapist and she has lots of great um, advice, especially when it comes to family and relationships. So I want to talk about the first one here where she's talking about children and she says, children are humans with feelings and they have lots of thoughts. Adults were once children and likely know how it feels to be disregarded and unheard. You don't have to agree with a child's feelings and thoughts to listen to them. Stop teaching children to minimize, dismiss, and deny their feelings. It won't be helpful for them when they become adults. When you make a mistake in responding to a child sharing their feelings and thoughts, apologize. You won't always get it right. Try to do better. And so she has a list of things that um, I would even say that as you are using this time to get back with family, you probably don't want to run into saying these things to children. Like, you don't have anything to be scared of. They have feelings. They're probably going to be scared. So, hey, it's okay to be scared, but you don't have to stay in that place. Here's another one. Big girls or big boys don't cry. No one wants to hear your opinion. Here's one that is well known in the black community. Children are to be seen and not heard. <laughs> Here's another one. You can't say no to me or you can't say no to that adult. I know you better than you know yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. It wasn't that serious. So what she's getting at here is not dismissing children's feelings. Don't try to minimize their feelings. Don't try to dismiss them. Don't try to deny them. I'm quite sure um, as they are coming into this first half of the year of all these different mandates and vaccines and masks in some places and no masks in others, they're probably going to have some things to say. They probably want to tell you about how it's, how it's going in school. So just be willing during this holiday season um, to open up and listen to them. Now, the next post is about difficult family relationships. Some of us um, love all of our family and some of us are like dreading being around our family, right? Um, but these are some reminders for people with difficult family relationships. So I want to go ahead and share these with you. 
The first thing she says is, you are not alone. There is no such thing as a perfect family. You are not obligated to have relationships with unhealthy people. I'm going to say that again. Because some people think that you have to have a relationship with them when they have been toxic. And the reality is you don't. You are not obligated to have relationships with unhealthy people. Next, you do not have to like every person in your family. It would be nice if you did, but you don't necessarily have to. (laughs) Um, You cannot create healthy relationships with people who are not interested in having healthy relationships. Some of you might be trying to desperately reach out to people. You're trying to get to know them. You call them. They don't answer. You text them. They don't answer. You email them. They don't answer. You message them on social media. They don't answer. You respond to their their social media posts when they're posting. They don't respond back. They act like you're not even on the post. And so you can't create a relationship with someone who is not interested in creating a relationship with you. So take it for what it is. Understand that you've, you know, tried to reach out and let let it go. Leave it at that. You are not betraying anyone by speaking your truth. You are honoring yourself. It's okay to be different from the other people in your family. You do not have to be a carbon copy of the other people in your family. I know I am probably uh, definitely a standout character (laughs) in my family. I don't think I, you know, think like my family per se, but I do appreciate the fact that my family has always accepted me. Um, No one's ever made me feel weird for being weird, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, But everybody pretty much has their own kind of personality and it works in our family. Like no one is out here trying to change someone else or tell someone else how to be. And so I can appreciate that about my family. And lastly, you can create family relationships with people who are not related to you. So if you're struggling with that this year, I would definitely say, Um, find your squad, find the people that you relate to, find the people that get you and begin to create community with those people. Um, The next thing that she says here is um, practice responding to things instead of ignoring them. So there may be some time during this holiday season where you might be having some confrontations with people or people might be doing what I call Um, shading you, whether it's in in a comment to you or in a comment to someone else kind of as a sidebar. And uh, so she talks about this and she says, people will not stop until they are aware that you want something different from them. You want a different response from them. You want something different out out of the relationship. If you are the person that comes to a holiday gathering and you know that you become the joke or the butt of jokes every single year, um, or you become the the family member that everybody kind of feels like it's okay to rag on or talk about or throw shade about you maybe your living status or your relationship status, um, whether you're single, married, divorced, widowed, et cetera, whatever. 
it might feel liberating to say things like, you know, I know you said you're joking, but it seemed more like a jab rather than a joke. So she's talking about ways that you can confront conversation that needs to be dealt with or confronted. Here's another one. For example, I know I said I could help you, but after looking at my schedule, I can't fit it in. You might have to use that with the person that's always trying to get your grab your attention the entire time. Right. And so you go to this family gathering, but you wind up never really hanging out with the people you want to hang out with, excuse me, or going where you want to go or having that downtime or that quiet time you want to have because you might be running into relatives that always want to sequester your time the entire time you're there <laughs> or they or they want to drag you into doing the doing some kind of errand or favor and so you spend your entire holiday doing stuff for other people rather than using that time to rest, relax, rejuvenate, reconnect with your relatives. You might have to say, "Listen, I'm looking at my schedule. I can't fit it in." I need me time. I need rest time. I want to hang out with grandma and, and, and talk to grandma for a little bit, whatever it is. But there's a way that you can address it, right? Here's another one. Please don't tell me what to do. I'd prefer if you supported me by listening. You might have a family member that always thinks that they have the right answer for everybody's issue and problem. And you're just frankly not ready to hear it. Or they always give you bad advice, <laughs> right? Here's another one. I'm learning to trust myself. Therefore, I'd like to decide without input from others. Pretty clear, but also pretty kind. Here's another. I know you're speaking from your experiences and I hope that things will work out differently for me. This is for that relative that always want to tell you the horrible thing that happened when they did what you're about to do <laughs> or when or when they tried what you're about to try. They always have some kind of negative, nihilistic, fatalistic uh, tragedy story to share with you when you're trying to build your faith to move out into something. Right. So sometimes you just have to put it back on them and say, hey. This might have been your experience, but I don't believe that for me. I believe that I'm going to have a different outcome and experience. And lastly, it's a personal matter and I want to keep it private. This is for the relative that might be coming along and saying, what's going on? How are you doing? You look tired. How are you really? I heard about your breakup. What's, you know, give me, give me the, give me the goods. Give me the tea. And you don't feel comfortable divulging any of your story to this person in your family. Just tell them it's a personal matter and you want to keep it private. You're not interested in divulging your personal business to them. And that is okay. Lastly, keeping things to yourself is not keeping a secret. It's privacy. You are entitled to privacy. Be considerate about what you share and with whom. You don't have to share everything with everyone and you can be selective about what you share with certain people. 
because certain people, unfortunately, um, they don't have filters or they don't know how to keep things in confidence, right? So she says this, repeat after me. I don't have to share before I'm ready. I don't have to share with people who have a track record of harshly criticizing me. I don't have to share with people who are always attempting to one up me. I don't have to share with people who tell my business to others and they have a track record of telling my business to others. I don't have to share with people just because they are demanding more information. Weren't those good? I encourage you to check her out. Her name is Nidra Tawab, T-A-W-W-A-B. She is on Facebook and she is also on um, IG as Nidra Tawab. And she does have a new book out that we'll probably be getting into into the new year called Set Boundaries, Find Peace um, to help people with boundary setting. So that is what I wanted to share tonight. I hope that I have given you something that was educational, something that was helpful. Um, And if you want to come on and share your solutions or what you're doing for the holiday season, feel free to hit that camera and I will bring you on. All right. Good evening. How are you? I am fine. I can be very nice when I'm telling the person off, and I can be very blunt. <laughs> I have to have some, some relatives that I have to be very blunt with sometimes. Say things like, when I need your opinion, I'll give it to you. Wow. Because they're the type that's just going to come and come and come and come and telling you, giving you uh, uh Telling, telling you everything that you should do and telling you things about yourself that you didn't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, things that you're doing and you didn't even know you were doing. When I say you didn't even know you were doing, I'm talking about things that, let's say like, let's say like uh, an example, they may say, well, you put a hole in that wall. Mm-hmm. I would look like, what hole? What wall? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, they would accuse you of things and you I didn't do that. What? what and, and this is the crazy part. These are the ones that don't even really talk to you. Yeah, I mean, not, and the, for not the even around you long enough to know. And for those who are your, your character personality. And for those who are just coming in, we are talking about, this is Relationship Wednesday, and we're talking about some of the family dynamics that happen at holiday season time. And we know that, you know, like um, Nidra Tawab said, the the um, therapist, nobody has a perfect family. Nobody has a perfect family. You're going to have maybe one or two relatives that just work your nerve in, in one way, shape, form, or another. Some people are blessed with just one or two relatives that work their nerves. Some people have an entire family that works their nerves. So everybody is at different, you know, different places. But yeah, you often have time, you often have people 
um, that may accuse you of doing something you didn't do. Um, I kind of call that gaslighting, especially when, you know, you know that you have no clue as to what they're talking about, but they have this whole detailed narration of something you supposedly did or said. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like this. When it comes to people like that, I just, I just be blunt with them. Get them out of the way. <laughs> now, someone else, seriously, but someone else, you know, they may come and I, I may say something in a nice way. Mm-hmm. They don't get the same treatment as the ones that's going to be aggressive and come at me every time. And it's always something that I got no idea about. Yeah. They've made a decision about what I'm doing in their own minds. And that's got to be it. So those, I, I, I don't even hesitate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Because it's like, step aside, you don't even know me. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there's down the line. And there's a whole... If you go to our Black Table Talk page, there, there, some of them are very funny. There's a whole hashtag going on called Thanksgiving Clapback. And all it is is <laughs> people saying slick stuff out of their mouth that they probably shouldn't be saying. And some of us, when you read them, some of them are like, yeah, I've heard that said. And then somebody giving a response back. And my thing is... I said, I'm going to take on this motto for the, for the holiday weekend. And that is bring the gobble, not the squabble stick, (laughs) stick, bring the gobble, not the swap, not the squabble stick with the Turkey, bring the fellowship, come ready to, you know, honor the persons. I'll probably be meeting with some people on zoom. Um, just checking in with people who want to check in with me. Um, but leave the squabbling like this has been an incredibly difficult for some people, frustrating for others, um, grief, grief filled year. Uh-huh. One of, one of my babies are on here and I gotta say hello. Okay. It's my daughter. Hello. me. Hello girl. <laughs> and so, yeah, so my thing is, um, if you're doing the in-person gathering, just be prepared and know that somebody may come out of pocket. Somebody may say something that's inappropriate. Just be prepared for that, but also be prepared to enjoy your time. Like, don't let that be. Don't let that be the first thing at the forefront of your mouth, mind the whole time. And you never like you miss all the cues where people are trying to like connect with you because you're so busy focused on who is going to come at you sideways. And sometimes we, we miss the connection moments looking for the shade moments, if that makes sense. You know, I'm I'm so I can be so hyper vigilant that you know I'm I'm gonna have to box with somebody this this holiday season <laughs> that I miss the people who actually want to connect with me and want to know how I'm doing sincerely, right? Um, yeah. And who just want to connect, who are just happy that hey, it's 2021, it's November, we're heading to the end of the year, and thank God you're still alive. 
Thank God you're still here. Thank God you're not in ICU. And, you know, we're not having to call for the pastor to, to give you your last prayer. Right. All of that. So we want to just my encouragement tonight is make sure that you are doing what you need to do in order to enjoy your holiday. You're not letting people just take you out of character. You're you're staying prepared for moments where somebody may come in and say something shady, but that's not the only thing that you are looking for. Because as the older people would say, whatever you look for, you're most likely to get it. Whatever you go looking for, you're most likely to find it. So I'm encouraging people, go looking for the joy first. Don't go looking for the person that is that's shady. Go looking for the joy. If you're going to be in an in-person, um, you know, fellowship and dinner time with your with your family. So that is my two cents for tonight. Uh, anything else, Pastor well, Ben? I, I always go in looking to connect. Mm-hmm. But I know there's going to be those, you know, that's going to come at me. My focus is not on them because I can deal with them, like I say, straight and blunt. Mm-hmm. You know, don't cut any corner. Just go right for the juggle where it starts. And shut it down. <laughs> and then move on connecting. You know, but I also well, I want to give a shout out to even new products. That's Ebony, another friend of mine. But um uh I want to go back to the to the indigenous. Mm-hmm. Because all those things that now you and I know the connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know where they came from. Mm-hmm. See? But all those things that you were naming, mm-hmm. you know, those were Hebrew. Right. See, we know that, but many people don't. Mm-hmm. So, so they were they were doing the same things that their ancestors were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things were handed down to them. Right. So from the ancestors uh, who came way before Columbus, yeah. Way before Columbus, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Way before Columbus. So. Uh, you know, that that's something that I wanted to just throw in there because some reason people think that the Indians or what we call Indians just popped up and appeared. <laughs> and they didn't. No, they they, they crossed the Bering Strait too. We, I mean, if, if you yeah. learned anything in science, I hope you learned that about the Bering Strait and um, tectonics and, you know, the table of nations and all of that and how the nations were all connected and then through periods of time, they those the continents began to split and separate. It's almost like people forget that mm-hmm. part of that was they didn't have to, at some point, they didn't have to use a boat to travel because they were just walking across connected land masses. And if and if you've already walked across the land mass and that land mass disconnects, then guess what? There's a divide between you and that land, you know, the, the land masses. So I don't know why we don't understand that, but I've seen people talk about it and I'm like, have y'all forgotten that the land masses were actually connected at one point? Like, I'm going to need you to go back to basic science and geology. Let's start there. (laughs) Let's start there. So yeah. Yes. Pastor Ben, final thoughts tonight. Again, we're not going to be on on tomorrow or Friday. We will pick up on Monday. 
I've got a birthday to celebrate on Saturday. I'm going to be double digits again in my life. I'll be 44. So I'm excited about seeing 44. And uh, we'll be we'll be back on on Monday. Final thoughts, Pastor. Actually, that's not. I already discussed what I was going to do. There's not many final thoughts. All right. To understand, you said something that I always say. Children are human. Mm-hmm. They need to be treated like people. Yeah. Not just something that you something that you just talk to or just have sitting in a corner. Mm-hmm. They learn. They watch. They have emotions. Yep. Yeah. So we have to realize that, understand that, and teach them. Mm-hmm. Allow them to have feelings. Allow them to speak out. Yeah. So we will know what they're feeling. Right. So we don't need any. We don't need any more seven, eight, nine year olds um, taking their own life because they feel unheard. No, we don't. So listen to your children. This is an opportunity for you to ask. As things kind of slow down for the holiday season, how are things going in your classes? Uh, is the environment welcoming? Does your Is your teacher showing favoritism? Does it feel like your teacher is singling you out for things that your other classmates are doing and they're not being singled out about it? You know, you got to ask those questions. Um, give them the language that they need in order to communicate what's happening in their space. Because they may just say to you, everything's okay, but you got to go a little further and ask some more specific questions. So that's what I've been helping parents with the last two months. So if you have a child and you um, are interested in some assessments, I do social emotional learning assessments as well as executive function assessments. I help students get back on track and get organized so that they can be successful in the classroom. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host tonight, Shantae Charles. I hope that you have a great and wonderful holiday weekend with your family, that you uh, are, are well satisfied with what's on the table, that you have peace amongst your relatives, And remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So continue to go out and be what, Pastor Ben? Light. Be light. Thank you again for your time and attention, everyone. Take care and be blessed.